Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is May 21st, 2020, and the month is almost out. And like I said, the hair pulling session will begin in June. It'll continue in July, and it'll continue in August. Uh, Pulling your hair from what you hear, what you see, and how you're going to be like, wait a minute, that's a crime. What's going on here? Why is it like, oh, not really a crime? So all of you are going to be very, very frustrated up until Labor Day. So I just wanted to say that I'm re- you know, restating it just in case somebody missed that. Uh, now for my subscribers on Subscribestar, I did put like a little question uh, to see who wins uh, Matt Whitaker's book. So just uh, pop me a comment on Subscribestar with the answer to that question. And boom, uh, I'll send you a message. The first person to answer that gets um, uh, the the book and I'll send you a message saying disclose to me where you live so I can send it and I will. So, um, today I thought we could talk about, um, you know, things that are coming to the forefront. Well, they've been coming to the forefront, right? Things that I've been talking about for years and years, but you know, you guys see when, when journalists actually do things, not for clicks, but to actually get information out, uh, information just comes out beautifully and it helps people learn things and understand things that normally you can't comprehend because it's just so over your head. You're just like, this is not happening. So yesterday, um, fellow journalist, Millie Weaver put together a marvelous video, um, explaining to everyone how the deep state not only exists, but protects itself. Remember, it's kind of like the mob, right? You've got your godfather, but then you've got all these, it's not all vetoes and luckies in front of the godfather. There's bigger people like police that look after the godfather, mayors, governors, right? They, they all look after, you know, the head honcho, the mafia, you know, to the core. So you have to go through uh, many layers of people and organizations to get to the core. Now at the top of that government core sit the IG, the inspector generals who have, and I'll be talking about that more tomorrow as well, weaponize their positions as inspector generals to oust anybody that's trying to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop. And that's I guess everyone says it's Barack Hussein Obama. I mean, okay, like on a more, you know, remedial layman level. Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's bigger than that. It's a global thing. Okay. But let's just say the ultimate prize right now would be the impeachment of 44, which is going to happen. Can't avoid it. It's going to happen. But this is how they weaponize their positions. And so Millie Weaver put a perfect report. So I'm going to play that for you guys now. Uh, and then after that, we'll go to a quick break and I will bring her on so we could talk about this and talk about more because the thing is what people don't seem to understand is, you know, who ran point, right? Who was the guy who would take the ball to the end field? You know, I'm not really good at sports references, so I just go with it. Everyone's either a tight end, which I don't know what it is, what that post, I kid you not. I don't even know what that role in football is, but it sounds hot because most of them do have tight ends, right? When they're running down, how sexist of me. And quarterbacks. So it'll be one or the other. So um, here we go with this so you can understand how the CIA was running point on unmasking. I mean, I, I, I think I said this to Millie, wow, months ago, actually. So it was pretty interesting. 
you know, just to see it coming into focus now. So take a listen to this report. I mean, you can watch it as well on YouTube or go to her website, millennialmillie.com, because YouTube has censored her. So she's just putting it out there. But we're going to listen to it today and then we're going to break it down. And you wanted to prevent the American people from ever discovering corruption. What could you do to keep your illegal activities in the dark? The answer to this question is the key to draining the swamp. Whistleblowers play a crucial role in protecting the integrity of our government from corruption. The Whistleblower Protection Act was signed into law to strengthen the protections for federal employees who disclose evidence of waste, fraud, and abuse. The various offices of the Inspector General give each branch of government oversight and a venue through which whistleblowers can submit their complaints. Along with the Freedom of Information Act, whistleblowers are sometimes the only line of defense we the people have against the deep state outside of the Second Amendment. Are these whistleblower laws genuine rights or are they traps uh, that are designed to um, convince whistleblowers to expose themselves to the power structure um, before they make it out to the public? However, this checks and balance system can be corrupted creating a venue for leaks, blackmail, and fake whistleblowers, making it impossible to drain the swamp or go after the deep state. If you stacked the deck and made sure that inspector generals were corrupt, you could prevent true whistleblowers and thwart FOIA requests. For instance, Inspector General Atkinson changed the rules for the alleged impeachment whistleblower allowing the secondhand and tertiary information to count as whistleblowing. Yet, they couldn't change the rules for Patrick Berge or Tory, who as contractors don't have protections. I couldn't go to anyone because I was a contractor, never in the capacity of an actual government employee, because uh, the operations were clandestine. And so for 20 years, uh, I've always tried to find a way to kind of see how we can hold them accountable. It's not like I could just run to James Comey or run to Clapper or Brennan because they were running point. How do I tell when everyone's implicated? Think about it. What happened to Michael Hastings? He was a whistleblower. I can't even go into what it was because it's so explosive. You're gonna see uh, three explosions at the very end. Investigators have told me the second and third explosions aren't indicative of a normal car accident. Michael was working on a number of stories, one of which was centered on now CIA director John Brennan. Was he able to use proper channels? Or how about Bradley Manning? He was a whistleblower. Manning was a U.S. intelligence analyst who was court-martialed after stealing thousands of sensitive documents and videos related to the Iraq war and giving it to WikiLeaks, which then published the information on its website. And we're speaking of Chelsea Manning in past tense here. Was he able to approach watchdogs through the proper chain of command? How about Edward Snowden? He was a whistleblower. You can't come forward against the world's most powerful intelligence agencies 
and uh, be completely free from risk. He justified leaking the documents by painting a bleak picture about what could happen if U.S. intelligence agencies continued to collect and store the communications of Americans. The interview was recorded by a filmmaker known to be close to Julian Assange, the creator of WikiLeaks, that published tens of thousands of classified documents online. Was he able to take his information to the inspector general? And not to forget Julian Assange. What happened to him? He was an alternative outlet for whistleblowers. Nearly a decade ago, the organization he founded, WikiLeaks, published a massive tranche of classified US government documents. Seven years later, he was carried out of the Ecuadorian embassy, an undignified end to years of diplomatic house arrest. See the pattern? Every single one of these and other potential whistleblowers have had to go outside proper channels, outside the government, going around inspector generals in their attempts to whistleblow. Every single one of them was seriously retaliated against by the very corrupt government they were whistleblowing on. So, Daryl, you've been involved in not only defending yourself, but you've discovered that there are many whistleblowers in the federal government who have been retaliated as well by the inspector generals in the U.S. government. Their objective is to protect senior responsible management officials from accountability for wrongdoing. It's a protection racket, in effect. He was part of the whistleblower protection bureaucracy, and Daryl blew the whistle on fraudulent whistleblower protection agency. Data that we've gathered from Government Accountability Office audits of the Office of Special Counsel. Between 2011 and 2016, there were about 8,000 complaints. Where was Tom Perez in all this? Uh, Tom Perez was acting like a politician, uh, saying we're going to investigate his charges. And then the investigations turned out to be investigations of Daryl Whitman instead of the the abuses of power that betrayed the public. Yet now, all of a the sudden, these Obama holdover inspector generals are supposedly there to protect whistleblowers. It is time to drain the swamp in Washington, D.C. This is why I'm proposing a package of ethics reforms to make our government honest once again. It shouldn't be a surprise that President Trump has been fighting an uphill battle trying to drain the swamp. The metaphor of the Trump issue when he said drain the swamp was that Donald Trump had a private conversation, telephone conversation with the Australian Prime Minister Turnbull. A private conversation. Donald Trump picks up the paper the next day and the details are in the Washington Post. And he says something wrong with the system here. If I can't speak to an international leader without knowing that somewhere up here there's something in the ceiling that's representing all of that straight out to a media source, then there is something seriously wrong. But more so, corrupt inspector generals clogged the proper whistleblowing channels while providing fake whistleblowers to go after the president. You tweeted recently that this whole whistleblower racket needs to be looked at very sure. closely and it is causing sure. great injustice. Sure, I had a fake whistleblower. Sure, I had a fake whistleblower originally. He was a faker because when he looked at my, he wrote down a conversation that was totally different from the conversation I actually had. And by the way, the inspector general, he went by the whistleblower. He didn't want to see the conversation that I had. When he saw the conversation that I had, he said, 
Well, that bears no resemblance to what the whistleblower said. Why did he look first before he ran to Congress? According to sources, recently fired Inspector General of the State Department, Steve Linick, was a major source of the leaks and likely colluded with former Inspector General Michael Atkinson to create the appearance of a whistleblower to act as cover for a wiretap, a.k.a. NSA overcollection problem used to spy on both candidate, now President Trump, his campaign, and staff. Are you listening, Storch? I'm Rob Storch, and I'm honored to serve as the Inspector General at the National Security Agency. So what did President Trump need to do in order to finally go after the swamp? That's right. He had to start firing all the Obama-appointed Inspector Generals. They stand in the way of the rank and file from being able to report evidence of waste, fraud, and abuse, the legal way for Trump to drain the swamp. This is a representative government, not a dictatorship. My administration has been working to reverse this federal power grab and give power back to families, cities, states, give power back to localities. These corrupt inspector generals provided a vector for the Russia collusion hoax, the bogus impeachment, and, spoiler alert, the up-and-coming impeachment of Trump. We are going to have to push back in the Congress. We're going to have to continue our vigorous oversight. Uh, we're going to have to make sure that we get answers in terms of foreign interference in the election and that we get answers in terms of the of coronavirus uh, and what we know about that. What did he know? When did he know it? That's for an after-action review. Supposedly mishandling the pandemic and the likely impeachment of Attorney General William Barr for exposing the Russia collusion hoax. Many U.S. Democrats are ramping up efforts to impeach Attorney General William Barr after the Justice Department intervened in the Roger Stone case. Growing calls for Attorney General William Barr's resignation. This comes after Barr ordered a review in the criminal case of President Trump's former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. To really understand the subtleties of this problem, we need to revisit Edward Snowden. Regardless of your take on Snowden, his whistleblowing actually created serious problems for the future of whistleblowing. According to sources closely connected to this subject, under John Brennan's direction, Snowden created a data bridge from the NSA database into private servers controlled by private intelligence and cybersecurity contractors, aka the Analysis Corporation, Global Strategies Group, and all their nested shell contracting corporations. A lot of this is done in a very hidden way. It's a very murky world. We had to sift through a lot of corporate records to find this corporate structure to figure out that Global Strategies Group, for example, is uh, registered in Luxembourg, not in England. Uh, there are subsidiaries of subsidiaries. Some of these companies are spun out, go public, go private again. Uh, it's kind of hard to keep track of them, and therefore they're easily lost in the shuffle. That might be an advantage, right, if you're in the intelligence mm -hmm. game. 
John Brennan, prior to becoming Obama's CIA director, helped set up these series of shell corporations of private intelligence and cybersecurities companies that, once he was CIA director, could gain access to secure and illicit data bridge from U.S. intelligence agencies' databases, thereby twinning the stream of data from the NSA into private offshore servers located in Luxembourg and elsewhere. In essence, I was actually employed by a company out in Luxembourg, not the U.S. tax side or Stanley Inc. or any of them. It's just that there had to be an agreement in place because they were U.S. based. And so all operations were done outside of the United States. What Snowden's actions did was kick off on the federal level justification for spying on U.S. citizens, including the Senate and Congress. President Obama still has confidence in CIA Director John Brennan. He was forced to admit Thursday that the agency spied on Senate staff members. There was an obligation on the part of CIA officers who had responsibility for the security of that network to investigate, to see what might have been the reason for that access that the Senate staffers had to that document. And the reality is those computers, in effect, belonged to the CIA, but they were reserved exclusively for the committee's use. In the name of preventing Americans with classified and top-secret clearances from being able to repeat Snowden's actions. This is the annual threat assessment, is it not? Yes. A.K.A. whistleblowers. Talk about a serious cart-before-the-horse operation. Thus, ClearForce was born. What is ClearForce? What I was tasked with was um, converting the Force Psychological Operations Group from dropping flyers from planes to a more uh, uh, social media media psychological warfare uh, capabilities. According to Patrick Berge, the pioneer of the psychological warfare program known publicly as the Shadow Net, in 2013, following the Edward Snowden leaking of classified information, components of the Shadow Net and its ISI relational social media profile database were used in the development of a new application, ClearForce, by adding real-time social media criminal, financial, medical, travel, and other personal identifiable information, then analyzing it using artificial intelligence. The ClearForce application then creates predictive behavioral profiles of their targets to determine if they are likely to steal or leak classified information. The ClearForce application was turned into the ClearForce Corporation and opened to the public on or around December 2016. According to Tory, a former contractor for John Brennan's The Analysis Corporation, the twinned stream of data Snowden set up for Brennan from the NSA and other agency servers into offshore private intelligence and cybersecurity servers is what provides the personal identifiable information for ClearForce. Retired General James Jones, the former National Security Advisor under President Obama, and retired General Michael Hayden, former director of the CIA under Obama, are not only board members of ClearForce, but they are simultaneously key advisors for Wikistrat. According to sources, with the help of insiders, Wikistrat was able to piggyback Wikileaks servers. 
This is how they were able to go after whistleblowers that leaked information to WikiLeaks and ultimately go after Julian Assange. With all of this corrupted restructuring in place, and with deep state operatives appointed by the Obama administration as the inspector generals of key intelligence and law enforcement agencies, the swamp had secured their ability to control leaks, blackmail, and potential whistleblowers from compromising their illicit command and control of the back channels of the United States government. Thus, President Trump has been in a little-known battle over the various inspector general offices. According to sources, this is the front lines of the battle between the Trump administration and the D.C. swamp. Besides not filling an unprecedented number, inspector general appointments have over a dozen vacancies and others without permanent appointments, according to whistleblowers in waiting. Trump will have to purge all of these bastards, including you, Storch and Horowitz. Since ClearForce is contracted by the federal government to provide security clearance background checks and monitoring of all electronic activities of federal employees, and with the Obama holdovers occupying key inspector general positions, even if Trump makes key appointments to help drain the swamp, ClearForce and Brennan's Luxembourg outfits can keep the swamp one step ahead. The Senate should either fulfill its duty and vote on my nominees or it should formally adjourn so that I can make recess appointments. But every block, every week, they put up roadblocks. Whether it's Russia, 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 or whether it's impeachment hoax, or whatever it may be, it's always roadblocks and a waste of time. And we don't want to play any more political games. I've been waiting for two and a half years, three years for some of these people. And they're great people. They left law firms. They left jobs. They gave up everything to do it. And they've been waiting for three years, two and a half years, two years, one year to get approved. It's ridiculous. And everyone knows they're going to be approved. But there's only so many hours in the day when you go through judges and you go through lengthy hearings on judges that they know should be approved immediately. And they could do it in one session, one and they could do it in one hour. And instead, it takes them many days. So Trump had to purge. On April 3rd, 2020, President Trump fired Michael Atkinson, the intelligence community inspector general. He was fired for taking fake whistleblower complaints to Congress, which initiated the bogus impeachment by the House Democrats. Remember Atkinson retroactively changed the rules so that they could accept the whistleblower report given it wasn't first-hand information? On April 7, 2020, President Trump removed Glenn Fine, the then-acting Inspector General of the Defense Department, to keep him from chairing the congressionally mandated Pandemic Response Accountability Committee. He was assigned to oversee $2 trillion for the pandemic. You don't think this was to keep President Trump from defunding the WHO without facing impeachment, do you? On May 1st, President Trump fired Christy Grimm, who wrote a report claiming the Trump administration didn't supply enough medical supplies and caused unnecessary delays in tests at hospitals based on outdated, inaccurate information. She also leaked a politically motivated whistleblower report to the media, rather than acting on it in her official capacity. 
knowing it had no merit. Did I hear the word Inspector General? Really? Give me the name of the Inspector General. Uh, could politics be entered into that? Hello, I'm Steve Linick, the Inspector General for the U.S. Department of State and the U.S. Agency for Global Media. And the U.S. Agency for Global Media. Well, breaking news tonight, the State Department's Inspector General, Steve Linick, giving congressional staffers a packet of months-old news stories on Ukraine during his urgent briefing today about democratic ties to Ukraine. You know, this is starting to get better and better, isn't it? In this case, I recommended to the president that Steve Linick be terminated. On May 15, 2020, President Trump fired Steve Linick, the inspector general of the State Department. He worked with Democrats to provide State Department aficionada to act as witnesses against Trump during the impeachment. Not to mention his alleged kickbacks from Benghazi and overseeing all of the U.S. government corruption involved in Ukraine, such as laundered U.S. aid money doing nothing to stop any of it. At any time during your investigation, did you see evidence of Clinton staff knowing that her server, the server, was unsecure, yet they still sent sensitive information over it? We know from the records, we were not able to interview a number of folks, but we know from email records that there was discussions about the server. Whether they knew it was secure or unsecure, I, I, I don't have any evidence uh, uh, about that. No evidence about it. What? You guys thought this could all happen overnight? Or that it was all about Hillary Clinton? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. That's unclear. So I, I don't have an answer to that question because I don't know. I mean, well, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I can't tell you. Thank you. I'm sorry. You're fired. Get out of here. Right? Right? So this clears the way for President Trump to appoint new inspector generals to actually conduct oversight. He is finally moments away from being able to successfully drain the swamp. Get ready, because in my next report, we are going to unmask masters of sock puppets, making it hard to see what's actually going on. Stay tuned. For more exclusive reports, videos, and articles, go to millennialmillie.com. That is where you can find my information that I won't put on YouTube, because YouTube are a bunch of censorship dictators. So go to millennialmillie.com and also support my work by making a purchase at infowarsstore.com. All right, guys. So I'm going to bring Millie on after the break. But what I wanted to say is we're going to talk about this report that was so well done. I mean, I really do love uh, the music and the B-roll that goes on to it uh, because it gives you context. So I would urge all of you to go to millennialmillie.com and watch that video uh, because then you will see, um, you know, you'll have the visual stimuli as well. So I'm going to have her on right after the break and hopefully we can convince her to stay longer, like after the top of the hour break, because I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about all of this and get her take on it. And she's, she's, she's pretty incredible, right guys? So we're going to analyze that report and how pertinent it is for today. Because, you know, yesterday the Supreme Court shot down the Democrats who were trying to get what, ah, the details from the grand jury. They say it was for the Russia probe. Why? Because those are used now for criminal indictments. They want to know what is in there and what is going to be used against who, what, when, and where. I'll see you guys.
shortly right after this short break. Forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So, uh, you know, it's Laura Loomer's birthday today, and, uh, you know, she's going to be Congresswoman Loomer soon. I mean, she is so ahead of everything. She's going to win the primary, and guess what? The President of the United States is going to vote for her. Imagine. The biggest Twitter account, you would say biggest in the response of how many people interact and see it no matter what, um, uh, you know, that exists to the most banned woman on the planet who, uh, you know, 
is going to be in Congress and Twitter is going to have to let her on when she's a Congresswoman because they can't not let her on when she's a Congresswoman. So uh, I guess for 2021, we'll expect to have a pretty awesome, uh, you know, Twitter going on, uh, Twitter reporting, interactions, and just, you know, let them scathe a bit. So uh, I'm going to be bringing Millie Weaver on now, and I want you guys um, to listen to how her take is in respects to all this, you know, all these shenanigans going around uh, from the top echelon, right? Because if your oversight, your watchdogs are corrupt, are they not watching or are they fixing the watching? And when they're fixing the watching, what does that actually mean? I mean, that's something that we should take a look at. I thought that the watchdogs were independent. Well, no, I didn't think. I actually knew they weren't. But uh, Millie Weaver, welcome to the Tory Says Show. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on, Tori. Oh, my gosh. I, 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 you, okay, so your video was pretty incredible. And, you know, when I saw it go on, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's it's, it's, it's just perfect. So I want you to, you know, tell my audience, um, first of all, where they can find you, where they can follow you and you know, how you, how you see this moving forward. Cause we have a few more watchdogs we need to take care of. Well, yes. If you guys would like to see more of my exclusive reports and articles, the best way to find that information is on millennialmillie.com. Because who knows how long I'll even be up on some of these social media platforms. I've already started to be demonetized and just they are using their algorithms against my content. Um, when YouTube recently pulled my monetization status, that acted to suppress my content in their algorithms because the content that isn't monetizable actually gets suppressed and they prioritize the content that is monetizable. So yeah, my, my platforms have been hit pretty hard. My channels have been hit hard on those. So now I'm going to be focusing my efforts on millennialmillie.com for now, just so that, you know, my content can get out there one way or another, even if they completely ban me, like they banned Laura Loomer. And I'm really happy that Laura Loomer, you know, she, she decided after being banned off of all of these platforms to get up and run for Congress. And she's doing great in the polls. It's very likely that she's going to win. And that's a great thing. And I'm hoping that she's going to do something about all of this cons uh, conservative censorship that's going on. Well, I'm pretty sure she sh she will. Um, and, you know, yesterday when I had um, uh, acting attorney, uh, former acting attorney general Matt Whitaker, I wanted to hold him on for like the whole hour, but I couldn't. That was actually one of my questions. It's like, uh, you know, they're violating things right now. They're acting like publishers uh, because now they put out the whole thing saying, well, we can remove you for any reason we feel like. You know, you don't have to break, t you know, Twitter terms of service. We can remove you because we feel like it if we feel that we might have implications about it. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. If you're covered under Section 230, how are you held responsible for what people put? Yeah, I mean, I think that their Section 230 immunities protections should be taken away. It should be stripped from them because they are acting as publishers. They're not operating as a neutral public forum. If they're going to be picking and choosing who can and can't be on their platform, they should have that stripped from them because in a way they're engaging in slander by, you know, allowing leftist organizations that want to smear Laura Loomer or Alex Jones or people like that on their platform constantly and then removing 
their ability to speak for themselves and removing other conservatives or other accounts that might promote them in a positive way. So it, it is acting like libel and slander and they should be sued. They should, they should have that immunity taken from them. But we'll see if that ever happens, you know? I don't know. I mean, they've given pretty much a, a really big uh, slack of rope. I mean, did you see Mika go off demanding that the president's tweets be censored? Like, who is this chick? And, oh, respect my authority. My name is Mika. And how <laughs> dare he, you know, speak up against my cold case Joe? I mean, you know, and you know what's going to be interesting? And I even tweeted this out this morning. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if you know, uh, Joe Schmo actually gets done in for a cold case and actually has to go and defend himself for a murder trial. We'll see the Democrats openly and shamelessly trying to create an impeachment thing because he got this murderer held accountable for, you know, his intern that was pregnant that he allegedly, she allegedly what fell and hit her head, right? Or something like that. That's what the story is, but (laughs) we'll find them defending a murderer just to impeach the president. Like, this is how crazy they are. Um, so I They'll vote for whoever. You know, I, I went out and polled and asked people at these Democrat conventions who they were going to support, which candidate. And really and truly, most of them didn't really seem to have that strong of a preference. Of course, the, the people who had the strongest preference were the Bernie group. But um, other than that, everyone else was just like, I'm just going to vote for whoever is on the other side of the ticket of Trump. So the Democrats are just going to vote for whatever that is not President Trump. And so we have to realize that even though, you know, people like Joe Biden are horrible and they have all this dirt, I think that it's very likely that, that, you know, he has a, a chance because you're going to have enough people just doing a no on Trump because of all of the propaganda and disinformation that has went out about this poor man by the fake news media. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, Millie, they, I, they're now pushing. They're saying that mailing uh, mailing in your vote is a healthy choice. So now they're spinning it as health first, mail in your vote. I mean, and they're saying, you know, people are going to risk their lives to vote. Now, uh, if they win that, we could be in some serious trouble uh, in regards to the polls. That could be a really big issue. But if they don't win it, right, I was just thinking, like, if they don't win it and they hand people out six foot donuts and free, you know, to wear around their waist so they could be six feet apart and masks and gloves and, you know, sterilized pens. And they're like, here, move along. Go on. You know. What what happens well, sorry, then? Sorry, have you have you heard or seen what they've been doing in Europe and in Germany? The new trend, where they're wearing pool noodles on their heads. Okay, uh, yes, and have, have you, you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have. Have you seen how in daycares and stuff they're drawing circles around children that are six feet, and that's how the kids play with each other. They have to stay within the circle, and it's like, how do you tell a three-year-old in daycare stay in the circle? That's how you play with your friend. Oh, but don't he can't catch your ball until we spray it with some Lysol. It's like this is pure insanity. I mean, we used to eat dirt as kids, and we were fine. Uh, you know, some of us got tapeworm from eating some stuff, right? Or whatever, but we all survived, and this is just—I don't know. Yeah, those kids are actually the healthier kids because they say that the kids that play in the dirt and get out and get dirty more in the natural earth environment, 
those kids get those uh, microbes and they get the uh, the good things that actually plenish their gut flora and they have stronger immunities. And it's the kids that their parents overly use the antibacterial hand soaps and spray everything with all these harsh cleaners and chemicals. Those kids tend to have the most um, immune system problems. So they're actually saying that it's it's not good for people to be constantly spraying all these chemicals indoor and then shutting themselves inside and breathing it all in during the coronavirus. And then everyone's wearing those masks that they're breathing in their own, um, you know, their own air over and over again, the CO2. I mean, that can't be that good for you long term. But apparently, you know, the CDC, they've released their new guidelines. Uh, What do you think about those, Tori? Man, okay. Well, first of all, you were talking about masks. So yesterday I went with my daughter to the supermarket to pick up, you know, staples, milk, eggs, you know. Do you know how many people we saw in their cars wearing masks? Like How many? Oh my gosh. Like, ask me how many I didn't see wearing a mask in their car by themselves. It was the most insane thing. And then, you know, everyone's freaking out. We're in the supermarket and they're like, you know, um, Phoebe grabs, you know, cookies. So she opens one up and she's walking down the aisles eating a cookie. And they're like, you can't eat. She was like, let me guess, coronavirus. I don't subscribe to conspiracy theories. And she continued eating her cookie. And I was thinking, these people are terrified to leave their house. And there was, there were women that were wearing socks over their pants. You know, when you go hiking and you do that, so you don't get bit by something, right? Yeah. There were people that were actually like all the way down, like long gloves. And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. But then I thought that if we do get people to go to the polls, the Democrats are going to lose because the people that are terrified are going to stay home. Regardless, they're going to be the really? one saying, send me a mail-in ballot. I don't want to go out. I'm going to die, you know, and now they flipped it saying the mask, you have to wear it to protect others. Kind of like the vaccine thing. Well, you have to take the vaccine to protect others. Well, why would I need to take the vaccine to protect others if the other people are vaccinated? Oh, it's for the 0.0000000 that can't get vaccines at all. So now they're doing the same thing with the masks. They're like, you need to wear it so that everybody, so you keep other people safe and it's like so if the person that wants to stay safe wears a mask i have to wear one to make sure that they don't i'm confused so they're flipping it their message is distraught just like the cdc now it's like oh it's not on surfaces anymore you don't need to lysol everything what did what was your take on their new guidelines on how they say things should be well you know they came out and they they said that uh the cdc chief on it said oh actually it can't be spread very easily through touching objects and then touching your face. So they're now backpedaling away from that. So they're saying all the excessive spraying and wiping and wiping of the grocery carts, that all of that was, you know, pointless. Um, and they're, they're saying that this is why social distancing is so important and we need to just all stay away from each other. You know, yeah, it's important if you want to kill the economy. But, you know, Tori, did you hear about back in April how there was a woman that you know, she was excessively wearing her mask and she crashed her car into an electric pole. I mean, mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. It, it's not good to just be breathing in your own air. I know I, for one, I don't really like to wear a mask at all. Okay. So I, I really don't. Um, I went and I guess at Costco, they, they hand them out to you and they make you wear them to go in. So I was like, okay, whatever, I'll, I'll take a mask. While I was just walking in there, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I was being you know, I was like almost having uh, some anxiety because I felt like I can't breathe. Like I kept having to pull it down so I could breathe fresh air because I was breathing in my own CO2. I felt like I started hyperventilating a little bit. 
I just don't know how people walk around wearing masks all day. It's crazy. Well, you know what's really crazy? That when I was in med school, we have to get fitted for these masks, right? fitted like that you can actually breathe and you have to be certified so you know the n the the n95 masks you would actually sit down with with a respiratory therapist to see that you can wear it right why isn't everybody getting fitted i mean back then the rules were right before coronavirus that we need to fit you for the mask you have to be fitted for it meaning what size can you breathe can you wear it right so did everyone now just get a certification, like, you know, kind of like, you know, Nobel Prizes, they just hand them out to people, uh, you know, for just existing, like, uh, you know, that, that went out the window. I mean, did Nancy Pelosi this morning was wearing one and it was uh, a person, I think she made it from a Donna Karan, like scarf. So she's wearing silk Well, what masks. you could ask some of these doctors that are suggesting or basically telling everyone to wear these face masks, you could say, are you prescribing a treatment without an evaluation of a patient? For real. Because I'm pretty, because I'm pretty sure there's, there's legal uh, issues there where doctors are supposed to sit there and be able to um, at, look at a patient, give them an examination before they prescribe them something or give them medical advice or direction. Yeah. So just blanketly say, oh, everyone needs to wear these masks. Well, there are people with autoimmune diseases and disorders that should not be wearing these masks because it, it, it's bad for them. So they shouldn't be wearing them in the car by themselves. I mean, I didn't see any Amish people wearing it. They're fine. Yeah. I guess the coronavirus <laughs> has selective, you know, uh, you know, uh, people yeah, like the I Amish said, people don't care. I've been down to Amish country here in Ohio and the Amish people, they just, they are acting like everything's normal. I mean, you would not even for them what normal is for them, but th they're acting pretty normal. Yeah. So. My, my, um, my daughter saw someone Amish, um, yesterday she was like hey mom can we can we go down to amish country i was like but you've been she was like no like can we sit and eat with them and i was like dude it's not like a zoo where you just go and say i want to observe a day in the amish uh totally funny <laughs> she was like they're not wearing masks the, you know the guy's like touching his face and he was just going about doing his thing with the lady with the bonnet and she was like oh i just you know they don't seem to be afraid i was like i guess coronavirus doesn't infect <laughs> the amish um and i don't think it affects a lot of people. It's just, uh, it's terrorizing people. And speaking of terror, right? How terrified, like, I I'm just saying, when you realized yourself that we have watchdogs uh, throughout our federal agencies that are like, you know, Skeletor, right? Uh, no, not Skeletor. How <laughs> Pelosi Skeletor, right? So I would say that you know, it's their word against nobody's word. They just make the law. How did you feel like when you realized what was going on? I mean, I think it's overwhelming for everyone to realize how bad the situation is and how hard it's going to be for someone like Trump. I mean, to drain the swamp. And, I, and what, I, what I'm trying to say here is Trump himself can't drain the swamp. And I think a lot of people have had that expectation, but it's actually going to take a lot of people here to work together to actually drain the swamp because there is an infestation problem here that is so bad that it, it, he could never do it alone. And there are certain, because of the checks and balances and the way things are, he can't do it on his own. So it's crazy and when i saw and found out some of this information about how they're they're built they were building these data bridges 
between the NSA and these servers to private corporations and how essentially the intelligence agencies, they, they have this responsibility of collecting all this data, this information and protecting it because that's American people's information. It's already one thing that the American people are being spied on by their own government, but to then be giving a data bridge and giving all that information over to private corporations that are registered in foreign countries that don't necessarily have to be held to our laws and our standards in this country, that's terrifying because they're going to be able to misuse and abuse that data and that information. And of course, that's what they're doing. And then when you look at like John Brennan and the Analysis Corporation and Global Strategies Group, and you see how, you know, how corrupt he is and the people that surround him, how corrupt they are. It's really easy to see that there's obviously misuse of this data and they've created blackmail rings. They've created um, all these horrible things which help continue to protect them and keep them in their positions of power. So it's going to be really hard for Trump to drain the swamp, so to speak. And I just get kind of frustrated. I don't know about you, Tori, if you get frustrated, you hear some of the people within the conservative movement and the Trump train, they complain like, Oh my gosh, he hasn't drained the swamp yet. You know what, what was taking so long to drain the swamp. And even I get frustrated too at times, but knowing what I know, it's like, it's such a big problem that we can't just expect him to just be able to do this overnight. Right, Tori? Yeah, I mean, no, no, no. A hundred percent. It's like you're it's like what people are asking him to do is by yourself get out of this titanium box and break it down. How are you gonna do that? You're gonna need some guy on the outside that yeah. can start burning holes in there, weakening the ends, you know, so it can fall apart. Now, having said Snowden, and Millie, I would totally love for you to like um uh, because we have like about four minutes before it goes to like the radio stations break, like for all my terrestrial ones to like, you know, capitalize on the Tory says show. Um I want you back because the one thing about, you know, that I saw in your report, you know, you talked about Snowden and you left a hint that I don't think a lot of people picked up. And, you know, in at first instance, neither did I like I knew that Snowden, um, you know, Brennan had hired him, uh, you know, in the past for things. And when I saw that he leaked that information, I was like, wait a minute, that's like way too good to be true. And the fact that he's not dead, yet everybody else is, um, pretty much, uh, you know, qualifies the fact that it was all a setup. They let him, you know, go in there and supposedly leak information. So that's a distraction to the fact that they were twinning the stream. And that gave John Brennan the right to start spying on everyone and create clear force. I mean, you did a great job showing it, but Snowden is not a good guy, guys. He was hired to do exactly what you said, which is create this twinning stream. And from what I saw, the highest bidders had access to this information. And the most valuable currency on this planet is you. You're the currency. You're the commodity. And in the end, you know, fast forward into the future, the whole point was that each person is in itself currency to the leaders. Uh, you know, they, they, they actually use you at, to, to, to quantify their power, uh, how many people they have under them, how they function, how they operate, how productive they are, uh, making currency. And I mean, we did, I, I think we talked about that weird patent at one point where they're like mining humans for cryptocurrency. Did you see that patent with me? I think we had that discussion, but, um, 
that's like way in the future. Like they patent that idea of using human beings to have some wearable device that can detect if they're actually doing something so they could generate money. So it comes out to that. That's why all these, you know, high balling corporations, which are what countries are, they're actually corporations and private companies can put a price tag on you. And in order to do that, they need to know all your private information to see how valuable you are. Uh, Cause you may look nice and pretty on the outside, but you may be rotting on the inside and they don't want that because that doesn't make money. So Millie, so like after the break, um, I was thinking that maybe we could talk about, you know, whistleblowers and how they're not, you know, like afforded um, the ability to whistleblow. The, the, oh, I'd love to. I'd love to talk about that because that needs to be changed. There needs to be laws enacted, bills written to protect people that are whistleblowers that are not necessarily federal employees. Yeah, well, not everyone is a federal employee, right? Because, I mean, the Mueller, you know, I don't know if you caught my interview with, you know, Matt Whitaker yesterday, but I was like, dude, the Mueller, the Justice Department had signed off over $40 million with a Canadian company that's Canadian intelligence for waste management. So what were they waste managementing, like paper shredding? Like, what were they doing <laughs> for Mueller? Um, so, you know, those, you know, we don't even have a lot of federal employees. Honestly, we don't. Yeah, no, it's a lot of it is there There are private companies that they have private contractors that are like almost like pseudo working for the intelligence, but they're not officially working for intel- intelligence agencies. And that's where most of it goes on. So, of course, you put these protections in for federal employees and for people working directly for these intelligence agencies. So what are they going to do? They're going to find ways around it. So what do they do? They have these private shell corporations and then they just contract out to the corporations and then the private contractors working under there they are engaging in who knows what all kinds of uh criminal activities on behalf of uh these private corporations and the government and yet if they wanted to come forward and Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So where we left it off was talking about how there should be new laws in place for people that aren't federal employees, and they should create laws for contractors that are second and third removed for whatever reason, uh, conducting projects and doing things for the government, for the people, supposedly, um, either within the U.S. or outside of the U.S. And so with me again, Thank goodness she stayed with us because this is going to be a really fun conversation. Um, uh, is Millie Weaver? You guys can follow her on Twitter at Millie underscore Weaver. Um, she has a Facebook page as well and uh, her own webpage, uh, millennialmillie.com, where you can find 
all of her content. She's also on Band Video and Infowars. Um, you can watch her there. Um, so Millie, thank you so much for spending time with me today. Uh, so we could just kind of talk about uh, the prelude of what's to come. I mean, it's Thursday and President Trump loves Throwback Thursday. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering what he's going to throw back today. But uh, maybe he could throw some shade to my old, you know, J-O-B, which is J-O-B. Um, so I wanted you to kind of explain, like, from what you've, because you've spoken with many whistleblowers, I guess, that aren't really whistleblowers because they can't be whistleblowers, um, you know, what your thoughts are in regards to creating uh, that kind of legislation and putting it forward. Well, you know, I'd love to see some congressmen and women or senators come together and figure out a way to pass some kind of legislation that would basically expand the whistleblower protection act to third parties that are contracted by federal government agencies, especially federal intelligence government agencies, because I mean, we, we see regular private businesses and corporations get around rules and laws by essentially hiring contractors, right? Rather than having somebody be an employee, you know? So in a way, it's kind of essentially what they're doing by hiring these private corporations that are offshore. I mean, that just, it blows my mind every time I say it. You know, foreign companies having access to information and data that the intelligence agency, the NSA was supposed to have. That's just insane to me. So yeah, those people working for those companies, they should have protections as well. And, you know, it might even be something where they could be given um, some kind of uh, informant or immunity deals. I mean, what do you think about that, Troy? Do you think that that's a possibility that, you know, that that's a venue to be looked at as informant deals or... Yeah, the, the, I, I, I think just staying alive, right, is the best way. Because the problem with, um, you know, being a contractor and not um, being able to say something is a very big deal. When you see things that are crimes against humanity, crimes against children, you know, or anything, or crimes just against the United States, or, you know, an orchestrated coup, for example, or, you know, stealing people's information and rights to have a voice or a vote or anything, um, you know, yes, they should be afforded that avenue because, you know, um, but what kind of protection can they give? I mean, you know, when, when someone works in clandestine operations, let's just say, right, uh, for the United States and they're overseas, they don't go there and, you know, wear a black cat suit for women or red lipstick and start honeypotting people, right? That's not the way it works. Um, but you travel through all these countries and, you know, you could get burned, which means that they don't let you come in. Or when you travel to that country again, they could kill you because they found out, you know, you were posing as, you know, a janitor, you know, somewhere and you received information or you, um, you know, swayed their, you know, opinion on something. It's a really, um, it's a, it's really murky. And so the United States should afford these people that actually do all the work. I mean, there's so many people out there that save the world so many times and get no credit that people never saw it, never heard about it or anything. And so many that have lost their lives doing that. And they don't have stars down at the CIA headquarters. Um, yeah, they're, they're just, throwaways and um you know 
Well, Tori, you worked for John Brennan's The Analysis Corporation as a contractor, right? So can you tell us like anything about what you might, what kind of abuses you might have seen? So, okay. So (laughs) if I talk, oh my gosh. Um, So it wasn't TAC uh, specifically. It was another LLC initially, Um, though, because some of my work was done through TAC, I had an agreement with them. Uh, So I was mainly overseas, like a full solid, just overseas. Uh, nowhere in the U.S. They would send me back to the U.S. when I needed to get training at a certain base or um, an institution, you know, for a couple months. Um, but it was it was pretty much controlled because even though wherever I would go, the military would be present. Like I'd have a Marine assigned to me sometimes, right? Um, and their job was to take me out if I got caught or something. Uh, so it was pretty freaky, um, you know, to have like this, you know, juggernaut attached to your hip. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's thinking, scary. It is because they're, you know, I, I don't want to say that <laughs> and I don't want to say it, but there's a lot of times that you might be in a sticky situation that you can get yourself out of, but someone that's like thinking ones and zeros won't. And you're just like, wait, dude, just like, give me five more minutes. I'm pretty sure this will be fine. You kind of have your heart in your throat all the time thinking, well, what if this idiot thinks that there's no way out, you know, or something, then, then I'm toast. And it's like, he did his job. That was his job, you know? But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it, there's so much that he's done. Like I remember, uh, I was, I was, I was in Kentucky and people were still talking about, um, you know, the passports that were stolen, you know, from the database (laughs) at TAC and, you know, it was Obama's passport, Hillary's passport and all these celebrities. And I remember thinking like, what the, I was told to do that. Like nobody hacked anything. Right. And then I was just like, I, I actually, I actually got with him and, and, you know, like my, my youngest can identify Brennan from, you know what I'm saying? From, you know, she thinks that he's like a friendly because she's, she's seen that face before you see. And I literally physically went and I was like, what, what is going on here? Like, you know, you're on this campaign trail, uh, you know, all this stuff is happening. You tell me to do this and now everybody thinks it was like stolen and it was done a long time ago. What is going on here? Um, I did, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's like, we're dealing with it. We've got issues with, you know, Stanley, it's fine. And then in the end, it was like these people from another contracting company that were contracting with TAC that were found responsible. One of them, what, suicided themselves, right? Or something. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, I was just like, I'm, you know, if someone was to ask me and I was hoping that someone would have asked me, Hey, what happened? I'd be like, dude, they didn't do it. Like I did it. Here's where I did it. I was at that desk. I was told to take it and I put it in this really ugly orange drive. You know, the one that had like the rubber. So if you knock it, it doesn't break, but it was like super dumb. You can never protect data like that. And I did two copies, not one. Um, so it wasn't hacked. I I would have, you know, I wanted to say something, but how do I say it? How do I say it? When they're like, oh, it wasn't that. It was like something else. And, you know, we're having problems with Stanley. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I I was concerned. But I knew exactly how he operated. Um, You know, and he's not smart. He's dumb. He's not smart. Okay. A lot of people think that Brendan is smart. He's sneaky, but he's not smart. And he's only sneaky because he's got big people behind him. Right? So... 
He's he's not smart. Um, I just wanted to say, breaking on this, is that, guess what? Ratcliffe is our new ODNI. He was confirmed 49 to 44. That's that's uh, very good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we'll get uh, a few things out there. I just wanted to throw that in there. But um, yeah, and I can't believe it's 49 to 44. Like, who were the 44 that didn't want him? Well, probably swamp creatures. I don't know. I don't know. We have a lot of them on the Republican side, don't we? But yeah, so, you know, John Brennan is, is you know, a very big problem. He uh, he bullied Clapper for those 702 over collections, okay? He bullied him uh, because the way they got all these FISA warrants were with these over collections. And the thing is, the over collections weren't on the state side side of things mostly they were done you know overseas with this twin stream right so clapper was pretty much um done over by brennan because he was having him do some stuff on this end so there could be some indication a little bit you know not to be sloppy while they were still getting everything on the other end it's kind of like they were showing oh look we're doing so oh there's a problem here that problem was a hijacking of the feed to make it specific because the judge that signed off carter page's fisa warrant actually told them off three four weeks before she signed that warrant she told Clapper, Brennan, uh, Lynch, Comey off and said, what are you guys doing? How is your computer program stuck on just collecting information on these people all the time? Yeah, it's a computer glitch. How is it done? I'll tell you how that was done, Millie. There was someone who made that computer glitch so it can flag. So you get what I'm mm. saying? Because well, Tori, you know, you've been hanging around a lot of other contractors and, you know, I'm curious, did you know any other uh, former contractors or contractors that were suicided um, for trying to whistleblow? Well, Hastings, one of them. You know, he was agency, you know, Michael Hastings wasn't just a journalist. I mean, when people see journalists going out into the field, it's like, you know, they've been trained, right? You know yeah. that they've been. Well, I'm on. wondering if you personally knew anyone. Well, I didn't personally. I did personally know Michael Hastings, but I know other people, if that's what you're asking. Yes. Yes. But, um, for, but, you know, people's names that are known. I'm just saying I, I knew Michael, um, Hastings. He was introduced to me by, um, Breitbart and, uh, we were to get together in January of, uh, 2013 at a conference where a common, well, a former contractor, right. Was going to provide Michael Hastings some, some mother load information. Um, and, uh, you know, I was there, but something happened, um, because I was pregnant at the time. So I couldn't make the meeting. Um, you know, the next day I actually had to leave early from the conference because of that. And so I met up with him again, uh, after, uh, Brennan's confirmation, which was on my birthday, ironically. And yeah. because Michael Hastings was working on a huge, uh, profile of Brennan because of the stuff he learned while he was doing his story on McCree. Crystal, because what a lot of people don't understand is McChrystal was chucking a lot of money into Afghanistan, right? He was headstrong that we need to control them. Uh, you know, we had things like ShadowNet deployed that another whistleblower um, uh, 
Patrick Berge had created. And we were hijacking their social media and their discourse to make them think the way we want them to think, right? And that was something that we did person to person, old school, you know, where you would be in a room with a bunch of, I don't know, foreign dignitaries and you'd be like, I don't know, the donut lady or uh, the, the, the guy that was doing the AV and you would leave subtle cues like documents or pictures that would change that, you know, they'd suddenly see, I don't know, a picture of an ocean and then, oh yeah, you'd flip through some, you know, magazines and put the one with the ocean on top because you want them to look at water related information. Do you see what I'm saying? So hijacking someone's reality before the internet was done like that with subtle cues, coincidences of interactions, coincidence that all the newspapers. Subliminal messaging, right? Right. It's like that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Whereas, yeah, exactly like that. So we use those tactics um, with actual programs and learning from it. So DARPA has dumped a lot of cash in this, right? But anyway, it was at that time that Michael Hastings realized that Brennan was part of this because he made the link to GSG. And, you know, anybody that goes to Global Strategies Group, which is what globalsecurity.com, the page, you'll see that they talk about the Afghani elections. Like they literally talk about it. And that's the link that he made. And that's why he was creating a profile on Brennan on how he's like, you know how George Soros is like the pockets for everything? Brennan is like the connection guy. He's like the phone book. Does that make sense? Like he's a loser. Um, that's sneaky, but he only has like a big Rolodex. That's all he is. A walking Rolodex. And so, he- I mean, this is, this demonstrates how dangerous it is. One, to even be in that line of work as a contractor, but two, to, to be a contractor or someone in that field that decides to try to become a whistleblower. I mean, because look what happened to Hastings. You know, even uh, other people have been killed. Yes. So, I mean, it's a dangerous thing. McFadden, Not only could you McFadden. end up in, in jail if you admit to any crimes and you don't have these whistleblower protections, you could be killed off by the swamp if they want you dead. And that's what they did with Hastings. I mean, so that's kind of what, what brings me to ask you this question, Tori. And, and it's, I'm sure it's a question that many of the Q audience will want to hear about but you know you know a lot of these contractors and people in this field of work one of the theories around the Q uh, groups is that um, some of these uh, contractors or people like that or like yourself are people who would be the type of people that would be behind Q because um you, you, your type of people would be the ones that would have access to the intelligence agency data. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, okay. So the first thing I wanted to say is you're right. Nobody wants to come out and be a whistleblower because they could end up, you know, the way others have ended up. Right. But, you know, they don't take you out if they trust that they don't know if you've left anything behind. Right. So like you remember when they wanted to like drone strike Assange? Do you remember that? Um, how it was it Hillary Clinton that said it to like drone strike him. I don't remember, um, who said it, but, um, someone had said, let's drone strike him. But the problem is if you drone strike him, how many other people have what he has? What if it's not only in his possession? I'm just saying, this is why his brain is now jello in jail. And we can thank 
conservative, posing conservative people for where he is right now. Because this was all planned, all planned, all mapped out because we needed to bring him to the U.S. because he would be afforded protections here. Instead, we're going to get a product of what we saw with Bradley Manning, who's now known as Chelsea Manning. Walked in a man, walked out a woman. They mess your mind up so bad um, with psychological um, influence. It's ridiculous. Now, going to Q. So, you know, a lot of people have, you know, this idea of this white bearded old man behind it or some, you know, beefed up Delta Force guy when it could just be someone like Patrick Berge or me. I'm just saying, not saying we are, but the information put out on there is exactly what, you know, a lot of these contractors for, um, you know, the United States do, which is to promote public discourse and to um, usher people into a way of thought. But the thing with Q is that's completely different. And I've been paying attention is not... It's not like think this or here's this. It's completely naked, which means that this uh, this operation, which is using a quantum computer on the back end, is um, obviously hijacked many, many times. I don't care what anybody says, um, you know prove me wrong. Uh, the FBI is all over it because they want to figure out who's the one behind it because they want to use that in some way to, you know, attack. Isn't that because they can't trace who's posting? Well, well, the thing is it comes off on the back end through a computer. Mm -hmm. So it's like you, if it's a quantum computer and and front facing tech doesn't have that technology, uh, you're not going to be able to, it's like, you know, going through so many layers. And then at the end, it's just that. And you're just like, well, what happened? Well, that's all gone. So we don't know. Um, Well, it seems like the first war and battle in this, uh, this, I guess, this saga against the New World Order and the deep state was the information war. And now it seems like things are going more towards the tech war and these AI programs and supercomputers and quantum computers that can sit there and, uh, you know, map out what the possible future outcomes are of everything. And then it's like, it's a battle, right, Tori? It is. And the thing is, that's another thing. So these, so contractors like myself aren't just average people that are good at jumping off roofs. I was never, okay, let's just put it that way. Um, but they all have like secret talents or they've been upgraded in certain ways uh, to be able to function and see things differently. So, you know, if anyone would ask like, hey, what do you think of, you know, um, Q1, I think people are going to be very disappointed when they find out who's behind it, Right. Because they've envisioned something. And, you know, a lot of people kind of like just go with it. The messages are always being interpreted and, 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 you know, everybody puts their own spin on it. That's okay. Do you see what I'm saying? That's totally well, okay. Well, the real question, everyone's asking who, but what about the what, you know? Everyone's asking who is Q, but what about what is Q? Well, that's the thing. Um, it, it is a what and a, and a who's, but, um, the thing is, why bother? I mean, we're always trying. Why are we trying to figure out who's behind Q? I mean, what is the point? Because, I mean, do you want to know who's behind Q, Millie? Honestly. Um, I think the reason everyone is trying to find out who and what is because a question of credibility has come up. You know, like people bringing up, oh, is that real? Is that just some kid in a basement? posting up stuff on, you know, 
4chan or 8chan or message boards. So people are questioning whether this is actually coming from, you know, intelligent sources. And I guess the only way to really know is tried and true to see, okay, if, if what it, what the Q hosts are saying are things that um, have relevant information that then later becomes true or not. And, you know, right. So it's back to the brand, so, right? So what you're saying is, is that people want to know because they want to know who's behind it, like what the brand is, right? Is it a it's conservative? It's a curiosity. It's right. hidden. So everyone wants to know, well, who's doing it? Well, or what? yeah, I know. But that's the problem with today's society. We have put so much and that's why I think, you know, people are so in, you know, the, people like the Daily but, Beast. But look what happens when, when people that are whistleblowers do put their name on it. Look what happened to Michael Hastings. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it doesn't end well for people like that to try to get information out. I mean, notice the timing of Q though. I mean, it's pretty coincidental that WikiLeaks kind of Julian Assange gets captured. WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks takes a dump. And then all of a sudden here comes this Q phenomenon, right? Well, I it's mean, not new. It's, we 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 had Q, um, you know, in the early two thousands, and uh, you know, in two thousand actually. But you know, not a lot of people saw it. The internet wasn't popping back then. So I'm just saying. But um, well, it, it really got popular. You know, it really yes. got popular, and I think it's because people are wanting the truth more than ever right now because people are waking up and realizing that they've been lied to by the media, by the government, by authority that they've blindly trusted because they were conditioned to blindly trust them throughout the school programs because, you know, that's partially what they do to children from a young age is they, you know, train them like cattle to be blind little sheep and just follow authority figures so no one questions authority. So then when they have that bubble popped and they realize, oh my gosh, I've been being lied to, you start to question everything. Right. Yeah. No, you do. You do. And that's the thing. We should always focus on the message rather than the messenger and people that actually want truth. Right. They, they need to want to put in the time to, to, to look at it. Like, for example, I have a lot of friends and I'm sure you do too, that, you know, have people that they go to, Oh, what did Q put out today or whatever? And there's people that do analyses and they're pretty good. Some of them are like over the top. It's like, you know, now, Tori, what do you think about um, what is it? Uh, these, this, I forget what it's called. Q maps, okay? Because you, when you type in Q or Q posts or whatever, Q and on, that's like the first site that comes up, and it just seems to me that it's just a bunch of, you know, hate on Alex Jones or hate on um, other conservatives. Is that what Q is? Is Q maps? Well, no, it isn't. Actually, Q was on 4chan, then went to A-chan, and then uh, A-chan, you know, obviously the FBI got involved. And I think it was more so because it was being hijacked by actually very prominent conservative people that have been speaking out about it. Um, so that was actually rectified and um, created um, to be something like a kun. Actually, the person that was creating it, I actually reached out and said, maybe we should use like the same SETI type program. Uh, in regards to the database. So you, do, do you know what that SETI program was where it's like everybody could download like this program? It was all, you know, from the 90s where they would like, um, you would download a program on your computer and it would help share um, the data for like looking for, uh, you know, f- 
extraterrestrial life. I don't know if you, anyway, I said, that's the way you can actually share it by people running these programs and having it, but it's on eight. Q maps is actually a, a website that was created by people that are what they call Q followers, right? Or, you know, whatever. And what they do is they take the, the information that Q puts, like, for example, um, an article will drop an article link like to Waypo or something or the Federalist or anything. Right. And, you know, it'll just have Q as a signature. And then, you know, Q maps will put like uh, a description of what this article is talking about. Right. So if you go to it, oh, they're talking about my boss today. Right. A lot. And so like, for example, Q drops the article uh, from the Federalist and, you know, then the title of that Q drop is said. So with um, Alex Jones, the same thing happened. And so someone interpreted it as, you know, this is a, this is a problem. Alex Jones is like Mossad and none of the Q drops actually said that. Um, it was more so warning Alex Jones of you're being removed, sir. Um, it was just Q maps putting it down there. And so like, for example, Alex Jones is an actor, right? Um, Q map said Alex Jones, an actor, um, because Q actually responded to like one drop that wasn't it. And it says actors will act. We target NBC, NBC targets Q strategic. We're in control. So tell me how Alex Jones is related to NBC. It's not. So this is, they have like a list of who's like a friendly, who's not, who's this. So basically the problem is, is the Q posts are open to too much interpretation and they're not specific enough. So it's like somebody putting up a poem or even, you know, something like that, a poem. And then, and then you're going to have various groups or people um, translating that or interpreting it as such. Like if you put up a picture, a, a piece of painting, a piece of art, you're going to have different people making different interpretations of that. And that seems to be what we're seeing here. Right, right. But creating they, their own spinoffs, just like how religions have created their own spinoffs off of interpretation of the Bible. Yes. And like, for example, um, you know, back in 2018, there was, um, you know, uh, a Q drop that was talking about um, Jerome Corsi, basically. Right. And I've always wanted to ask Corsi. And, you know, I've asked fellow journalists who interview him, ask him one question, ask him if he was asked about Infowars and Alex Jones during the Mueller uh, interrogation, which I know he was. And so people want to paint Alex Jones as such only because, you know, you know, Millie, I've said it so many times, like Alex Jones should have married me at some point because I would have been like the best handler ever. Um, I'm just saying he's surrounded by people that are, you know, new people for over a decade. Because remember, this guy has been talking about the same, the stuff we're seeing today. He talked about 20 years ago. He is he he has his finger on the pulse but the people around him they're constantly hijacking him hijacking him psychologically meaning right so uh, you know i you know i love infowars right? i like alex jones period this guy is a revolutionary i don't care what anybody says and it's the people that surround him like when was he removed why was he removed who was around him when he was removed why is this happening to him how are they doing they're attacking him on everything like you know something that uh, you know a lot of people don't know is like millie and i don't i don't i, I know you work for infowars and 
you know, uh, you and Alex have, uh, you know, really good relationships. I can't wait to get him on the show, by the way. But like, for example, you know, Q had put like a lot of stuff in there and people are making it out to see like he's saying Q said it and Q didn't. Q says what Q says. Doesn't say anything else. Doesn't put titles. Uh, you know, he just puts it out. So, you know, ask yourself. So, so let's talk yeah. more about um, the quantum computer aspect of Q that we think it is where essentially uh, the AI system and how you see how these AI computers are collecting all this data and this information so that they can then um, try to predict outcomes in reality hacking. In, in respects to what, um, because that is exactly what, you know, the Q, I, what I interpret Q to be is to actually put predictable things out there. So like, okay, so clear force then, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, let's talk about the deep state and how they have their own version, which is Alice and how, um, what, how do you think Alice is being used to, push the, for a um, new world order. Okay. So Alice, for those that don't know, is an artificial intelligence program that kind of, it's like a chat bot, right? So there's many times that you're, uh, I use it on Google and it frustrates me, even though Google uh, Fi, because that's who I have my cell service with, right? Even though they, um, you know, have exceptional service, I know that the people that I'm chatting on for support are pretty much AI, right? It's only until I start to get offensive that someone will jump on. Seriously. I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, so basically this chatbot learns from the interactions you have. And that was the premise of training um, AI. Um, so uh, every time you search um, on Google, it uh, gets to know what you like to search, what you're looking to buy. Uh, it's kind of like when you're talking on uh, Messenger with Facebook, you, you know, you're talking about curtains and then suddenly you're trolling Facebook and you've got advertisements for curtains, right? AI knows what you want, how you want it, what you search for and what you like. And this is all to create exactly what Clearforce is doing. Clearforce, when they're um, checking people out, kind of like Posobiec, for example, was actually um, cleared ish, 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 um, through them. Uh, what they do is they look at your debt to income ratio. They look at your financials. They look at your network. They look at your social media, your health records, your dental records, your driving records, your insurance records, uh, you know, any naughty posts that might be on your DMS, you know, like, <laughs> you know, picks or whatever. Um, and they put that all together to give you like a score of, uh, suitability to be obedient. So basically their job is to see how obedient you are. Uh, it's almost like that, um, that, uh, app that now is in everybody's Apple phone and, and, and Android phone. Well, could be Apple for sure. Android, it's just the API, but, um, uh, you know, the and governor, isn't it that the deep state that works inside these, um, three letter agencies, they're using this system, this algorithm, this AI system to be able to try to predict who might become a whistleblower. Yeah, not only who might become a whistleblower, but if you should hire them. Like, could you imagine if President Trump had people like the people behind Q or, you know, journalists that have just been spitting fire from day one in like a secret cabinet working for him? It, it, this swamp would have been over like 
five days after he swore in, right? They would have been done. But he can't because clear force has to clear them. This is why they kicked up a stink giving clearances to people that the president wanted appointed, even his daughter. Because it didn't match with what clear force said. That we can't see if she's going to be loyal to whatever cause they put it on or if she can be bought out. But a question that I even it's put... Like, it's like that movie Minority Report, essentially, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they where predict. they can predict... And and some of it is like they think, are you predicting the future, right? Well, I mean, it's predicting a possible outcome. Right. Which, which they think could be predicting the future, but that always, doesn't always mean it would be. You know, well, so here's the thing, because uh, I mean, do you think they could preemptively assassinate someone who they who the machine spits out a name and says this is going to be a potential whistleblower? Yes. And usually that's the time where you see them being married off to handlers, where you see them plant something where some mishap happens and you're like, what? what? You know, how did this happen? And then it's like 10 years later, it whiplashes you in the face and you're like, wait a minute, that was a misunderstanding. Yeah, but the document says this. So, but it was a misunderstanding understanding yeah well you need to prove it so and then they just lash out at you it's blackmail uh, and it's terrifying because tori this this technology is such an a devastating technology that could be used to enslave and control all of humanity it's insane because you know they keep records on children all throughout grade school and up everything i mean at what point are they just going to be t- um, entering all of those files that they collect on they collect on the children into computer systems online, and then that all gets um, you know scanned with these systems, and then they can predict who's going to be a good um, government employee for Big Brother. You know what kids need to be stifled, what kids need to be shoved off into a hole into a prison cell because they're most likely to become poli- political dissidents. I mean, this is scary stuff. They used to do that um, back in the day. This is how they recruited people because, you know, in retrospect, I'm like, damn, I was recruited to be wherever I went, you know, because back in the day, they used to issue um, intelligence tests to kids in kindergarten. Did you know that? I know that they issue intelligence tests to elementary school kids because I remember being issued... um yeah, they Something changed it like to that. like the third grade, but they would actually grade, have, yeah. yeah, they would actually have intelligence tests um, in kindergarten back in the day because then they would put them in special programs that were nixed, um, you know, uh, r- during the Clinton era. Uh, they nixed that funding um, and it was done by... Um, some really odd, it was a, it was a guy that was into nuclear energy and he wanted to get really young talent, young on board. I mean, I was part of, I was part of one of those programs in New York, um, that was piloted by John Hopkins. Um, and that's, you know, that's how they used to do it because they didn't have this predictive availability, public facing or to be fine-tuned because the government kept all this stuff to themselves, right? Because people still think we went to the moon with a TI-84 processor. Okay, let's be honest. The <laughs> When we went to the moon, uh, you know, we supposedly had a processor that we have in a calculator that costs 70 bucks today. It doesn't make sense. But anyway, we kept technology as a government very close to our chest, so it wasn't able to be fine-tuned. And this technology has been released out into the ether, and now everyone's using it, right? And fine-tuning it and fixing it because Bill Binney actually created the mother of all, you know, predictive analytics, 
right? And it was through that that people would piggyback and create other ones. Now, this predictive analytics isn't just, you know, to predict if you're a good egg to be subordinate, but think it's the same algorithm type that that governor from North Dakota is using on his risk score, right? Because on a more simplified thing, remember his app for contact tracing is that it follows you where you go. And not only is the data stored so they know where you went so they can knock on your door, violate HIPAA on someone else saying you met with so-and-so and so, you know, or you are now sick, but it actually gave every citizen a risk score, meaning how much of a health risk you are because of where you go. So this is kind of like, you know, on a very, you know, stripped down, dumbed down level of what ClearForce does. Now, the same type of algorithms is the stuff that I use in being able to predict things. Now, one thing is for sure that fixed points in time always occur um, unless they're eliminated completely from the timeline, which is very, very rare, um, but can be delayed. So if you say something like, for example, I don't know, so-and-so is going to step down at this time and it doesn't happen at that time, but it happens later. That's because there's a series of events that happen that can alter that outcome, you know, in regards to when it's going to happen. Do do you you see what I'm saying? Thinking about it, I'm wondering if Trump winning the presidential election just completely caught them off guard totally. Like, do you know of any type of predictive modeling that was going on um, to predict Hillary Clinton winning the election? Other than we know the polls were saying that she was going to win, but do you think that they were using Alice and these uh, AI programs to predict the election outcome and then that they were completely off like the polls? Okay. So yes. Um, so first of all, what we saw with the mainstream media showing us that Hillary Clinton is winning is like typical reality hacking. This is telling you something that's not real, but just constantly drumming it in so that you believe it's real so that it manifests. It's kind of like if you keep saying something, it'll happen, right? That actually does work. And imagine with a collective of the whole world thinking, oh, Hillary's going to win. It's a 90% thing. Then everyone will come to believe it. But what caught them with their pants down was, is that they did predict how many votes they needed, right? To win. So they knew how many people they needed to vote for Hillary Clinton. And then they used the statistics from previous years of people coming out for elections. And believe it or not, they used elections from like, you know, election data in regards to the surge and what areas comparing them from the time of JFK all the way up to um, Barack Hussein Obama's second uh, entry into uh, the presidency. So they used all of that. And you're going to be like, well, how do you know? Let's just say I saw it. And um, they used all that data and crunched it. And they were like, all right, we need these many votes because we're expecting so many people. So they fed that into their systems. This is why they're f- how they were fixing elections. But the problem is that there was a more, there was a massive turnout for Trump. I'm telling you that election between him and Hillary Clinton was a landslide for him. A landslide. 
uh, when I'm telling you landslide, like I can't express how big of a landslide because every time someone would vote for President Trump, a vote would go to her. And no one even thought, wait a minute, look at all these 140 million people came out to vote. That's never happened in the history of forever. So either we just, you know, pumped out a bunch of voting citizens that, you know, decided never to vote and now decided to vote. Right. And we know it's not the liberals because they're the ones that are easily saying, well, I'm not voting for anyone because I don't like. Well, you know, that is I do believe that that's the case, though, because when I would go to the Trump rallies or just to any of these political rallies in general, I remembered seeing like talking to and interviewing all these people that were saying I've never voted before, but this is my first time voting and I'm going to vote for Trump. Like tons of people saying that they were uh, they used to be very like non-political and that they were actually going to go vote for Trump. So I do remember people saying that. And then I also remember a lot of Democrats switching, like former Obama voters switching to Trump. Well, well. The, well, the thing is, yeah, they didn't expect the volume. So that's why, first of all, the total votes don't make sense. The total ones. And the fact that Hillary Clinton got more still doesn't make sense because historically more Republicans vote than Democrats. Historically. That is record. So you have to tell me that all these liberals and dildo waivers that were saying, well, I'm not voting because I'm not, well, I don't want to pick the lesser of two evils. You know, that was the narrative, right? Of those mm-hmm. middle ground people. And then the Bernie people didn't vote for her either. They didn't, they didn't care to vote for her either. So how did she get more popular votes? Stealing. So yes, they use these predictive analytics to know what they need to do. To and steal, right, yeah. right. And right now they use predictive analytics to know that if we don't do mail by vote, you know, mail-in vote, then we've definitely lost. We've so lost so hard. So they can predict how to do it because now they're, they, they've been pushing the census so people get registered, right? And they're sending ballots out like crazy. Like I'm pretty sure whatever state I was in, I'm getting mailed, mailed ballots somewhere and it's like, that's not good. That's not, I, I also I know. think that the midterm elections were kind of messed up by the Republican party going and telling everyone to do early voting because typically um, Republicans tend to tend to predominantly show up on the day of the election and then throw in their, their vote then. But by so many Republicans having record early voting, it gave them the ability and the advanced time they would need to fix and rig certain um, election outcomes. Well, yeah, they, they just want to steal the election Millie right now. That's all they want to do. And Brennan has given them all the tools. You know that, right? He's given them all the tools. Yeah. I mean, what happened with Kentucky was horrible. And that's what's going to happen full scale in the United States if we don't do something about it. I'm very concerned about our election being stolen. Um, You know, a lot of people are worried. They keep saying, oh, you know, is Trump going to force mandatory vaccination? And, you know, that's what my previous report was about. It was like, no, he's not. Listen to the words coming out of his mouth. He's making it an option for you to choose whether or not you want to be vaccinated. And he's also trying to create his own, you know, American made vaccine versus the Bill Gates eugenics vaccine that the, the who is working on as well. And all these globalists are, are helping and supporting. Um, so he's actually making that an option so that those people, cause we know there are going to be those people out there who demand a vaccine and they want that vaccine. So better to give them a, a vaccine that's not 
laced with whatever the hell Bill Gates wants to put in there to sterilize people or whatnot and just let them have that option. But people thinking that he's going to push mandatory vaccination. No, he's not. But you know who would push mandatory vaccination? Joe Biden. Oh, That's for sure. And, for sure. And every, notice they all keep talking about, oh, a vaccine won't be even feasible or ready until the end of the year, even beginning of next year. Well, so th- who's going to be president next year? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I know, I know, no, no, Trump, no. it's going to be Biden and Biden would be the one to push mandatory vaccination. Right. And, and Millie, this goes back to who you can trust, right? Because you know how you're like, oh, Q's quiet. You know, we don't know who he is. She is. They are right. Whatever. Right. And people don't know what they're, you know. Uh, objective is well how do you know the people that you see on tv like i can name off a lot of people right now and i think i've shared some of that with you that are conservative right and i'm sure other whistleblowers that have come to you have told you the same thing that are really not because one thing that i've said before um i think i said this to you you know because you're i I already blew the whistle on this so i'm just going to say it on air too that you're creating this documentary about uh you know uh, the well, the change in our intelligence community, the, the when it went sour kind of thing. I'm not going to say what one, but I shared with you how, um, you know, how I told you that. Do you really think that it was a journalist that was, you know, kidnapped in this country or that? Do you really think like people like those journalists that are on there are not, you know, agents? Like, remember how many times have I said that? And I said, oh, well, this person's a clown because they work for the CIA. Remember how many times have I said that? Tons, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing. Like, all you have to see is the people that are telling you, look at how many people are dead. Well, mail-in vote might be good. You're going to die if you take this. You know, if you don't take a vaccine, if you don't wear a mask, all you have to do is look at, who is supposedly giving you the news and pushing that out. And that's where you realize exactly who's on the books. Well, the, the way to find the books, you know, cause you can't go plowing through the CIA agencies, um, is to see the books of clear force. And there's a lot of good whistleblowers that work for them that may be coming forward soon from what I hear that work within those ranks, um, that used to work for John Brennan. And because John Brennan is going to be going to jail soon, they might start talking now that we have Ratcliffe up. Maybe he'll open up a, a portal for just people like that to go in. I don't know. But you're right. They're telling you that vaccine is mandatory. Who's saying that? President Trump did it. So who's saying it? Yeah. Some, you know, people are saying that. And it's, you know, we, we already know that we saw what Trump said from his mouth. And he is not for mandatory vaccination. But the point that I was uh, bringing up is essentially that it's more likely that Biden, if Biden wins, if they steal this election, that that's what they're planning on. Um, you know, I brought up a point a, a while back about, you know, people asking, Oh, look, this is a new world order plan. This is their plan. See, you know, they were going to have a bioweapon and then do, um, you know, start rounding people up and quarantining and all this, you know, stuff going on that we're seeing now. Um, you remember people, they had planned that Trump would have been impeached by now. So they thought that they would have had Trump impeached, probably either had um, Mike Pence go along with it or even get him out of the picture and have Nancy Pelosi. 
I mean, they probably would have made Pence catch it, you know, and then, oh, sorry, he's quarantined. Oh, looks like it's Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi, who's now the the president, and she would be the one pushing all of this had Trump been impeached. So they keep having to stall and push their plan back, and that's why I think they keep talking about this second wave. If you notice all the talking points, it's, oh, there could be a second wave of coronavirus that could be worse during the fall and the winter. Why? So that they can then justify rolling out mandatory vaccination come the beginning of next year when they will have this vaccine ready, supposedly. And they're hoping to steal the election by pushing mail-in voting ballots and get everyone to agree to that nonsense because of the fear and, oh, we can't have people... You know, people can't social distance at the polls, so we need to force everyone to do mail-in ballots so we can steal the election, and then we get Biden in so that then, come January, February 2021, we start pushing for mandatory vaccinations and rounding up our political dissidents. Yep, we'll be and in the same gulag they would together. Give special, maybe they would give special vaccines, I don't know, to yeah. certain people. <laughs> we'd be in the same gulag, and we'd be sick, and our family would be like, can we see their bodies so we can, nope, nope, coronavirus. Nope. Sorry, we have yeah. to burn them. Yep, we have to that's s- it. stick them in the uh, the, the fire pit. Yes, because we can't see, you know, kind of like the way China did it. Um, as, the you crematorium. Know. <laughs> well, didn't they have one off the shores of Denmark where they would send the jihadis they didn't like and all that island was like empty and it only has a crematorium? I'm just saying that's actually a real thing. Um, having, Can you believe that an hour just went by, Millie? I kid you not. An hour just this went This is by. like how it always is when we're on the phone, though, Tori. I know. I know it is. It's like we're, we're like, you know, we <laughs> Next have... Next thing you know, like two hours, three hours goes by. And we're like, huh? What? We got to yeah, like, like do normal gotta, daily yeah, things? Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. But um, I can't believe this hour is almost... We have like four minutes. I wanted to say, so Ratcliffe is in. What is your take on that? Like, what do you expect him to do? Because you've actually interviewed him. I freaking love him. And if he's anything like uh, Rick Grinnell, who, by the way, was, you know, foreign service officer, worked under the State Department flag, who has done a lot of cleaning up. But, you know, State Department has a lot more. Like, it's like, man, I think I think the galoshes that Mike Pompeo wears are as high up on him as Nadler's pants, like to his throat. Um, so anyway, what do you see Ratcliffe doing? Well, um, I think that Ratcliffe is a good choice. I think that it's a wonderful thing that he was confirmed. And I have I see that there's some hope there. Uh, you know, I did interview. I did an interview with Ratcliffe at the Democrat con- Um, congressional hearing to impeach President Trump. And he was one of the only Republican uh, senators that would come over and talk to me. So that was nice. Uh, Or or, yeah, he was he was pretty nice. So um, I think it's a good thing. I think that he's going to actually go in there and um, do something about some of the abuses. And, you know, maybe he'll be aggressive against Robert Mueller. That would be nice. Yeah, I mean, he just spent a whole lot of money for a whole lot of nothing and knew it. Isn't that fraud, fraud, waste, and abuse? Like, I'm just saying, if you if you even file for any federal benefit and it's even a dollar, right? They will come after you and throw you in jail. This guy spent like over fifty million U.S. federal taxpayer dollars on rubbish while using foreign agencies to ga- gain as much information as he can to, you know, remove a sitting president of the United States because you know, 
they don't like him because he's taking away their power and giving it back to us and whatever. I'm I'm excited to see him in there. I'm well, actually, you know, I'm it's, really uh, Ratcliffe is going to play an essential role deciding what documents are released publicly throughout the election season. And that's big because uh, many of these congressional investigations are, you know, we know they're targeting the Obama administration officials and, um, you know, Joe Biden. So that will be interesting to see him release some of these documents. Yeah, I will be. Uh, well, Millie, thank you so much for coming on the Tory Says Show. Please tell everyone where they can come and find you. And I have to have you back on again. And I also want to get Alex Jones one day. I I promise my listeners that I will try my best. So go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you, Millie. Okay, so you can go to millennialmillie.com. Um, that's where you can find my website, reports, videos, articles. You can also go. Um, find me on twitter millie underscore weaver you can find me on youtube millennial millie while i'm still there um you could also find me on band.video as well so those are places you can find me excellent excellent well thank you so much millie for being on the tory says show and um for everyone out there i guess throwback thursday was i'm um, throwing back some ratcliffe we'll see I'll see you guys all tomorrow, same time, same place, only on Red State Talk Radio. Have a great evening. God bless. Thank you, Millie.